first episode of CDM Media's Women in Tech Insights. I'm your host, Binny, and before I welcome my first guest for today's episode, I would like to proudly present the CDM Women in Tech Initiative. Our purpose is to build a community and provide a platform for women working in the tech industry to share their expertise and experience. CDM Media are dedicated to support our clients, helping to attract, retain and develop their female tech talent and to encourage our members to give back and act as role models for the industry. Over the next few months, we look to women in leadership to support us with this initiative and to help us shine light on the challenges and opportunities experienced in the industry. With that context, I'm excited to have Sonia Varad, Head of Security Engineering, and Catherine Fox, Head of Security Awareness at TUI, as my podcast guest today. While there are several reasons why women disproportionately fall out of the leadership pipeline, one underlying factor is trust. Women need to actively build more of it among colleagues, managers and leaders than any of their male peers do in order to succeed. Together, we will dive into overcoming obstacles, challenges, why it's important to adapt to change, how to communicate effectively and much more after the break. much ladies for joining me today. Thanks for having us Benisha. Thank you Benisha. It's really a pleasure to be here. I just want to kick start by asking you, you know, this, the topic of conversation is trust in your goals. So how are women actively pursuing their career goals today? That's a really interesting question actually. Um, I think it's both important to reflect on how far women have come first and foremost. Um, I mean, obviously the workplace has changed significantly over recent years. And I think in the last 12 months, we've seen COVID-19 accelerate so many changes within the workplace, which I think can be a benefit for women, but also there's some negative aspects as well. Um, I think there's a natural change in business culture I think there's more platforms and opportunities for women to progress now. Um, There are still some blockers, but I think on the whole, organisations appreciate that they need to adapt to this cultural change. They need to open up opportunities and encourage people into those leadership positions. So from grassroots level, really trying to uh, set out the learning paths, if you like, and routes to enable people to to progress otherwise they risk losing them to competitors yeah and if i compare the situation with five to ten years ago there's a lot of incentive uh, to have an equality of gender to be uh, in managing position and this is more a culture question and also opportunity unfortunately i can see because i'm in contact with some of universities that most of the what we said, male path are not taken by the uh, women because they think it's too complex and too difficult to go over. So I think the women in tech for building and trusting in the goals is really, really uh, helpful for, for helping and explaining the community that it's possible to do it, to believe it and to, to, to open the path and to continue and to continue to trust uh, in our goals. Um, another point I wanted to 
add is that it has changed also dramatically the latest year. But what has changed, what I see as a the COVID lockdown and so people working from home, opportunity for women was, it's not only now the woman who has to deal with the kids, it's the man also or the father, or it's not only one parent that was used to, if we would include all genders, the other one has also to be working from home. So he needs also to take care, the other parent had needs also to take care of the kids when they are at home. So that was a positive side, I said, uh, I think for the COVID. Unfortunately, uh, the negative side is all uh, the different uh, difficulties. If some couple had difficulties before COVID, the COVID crisis was just enhancing those difficulties when close packed together uh, in the same space. So there's pros and cons, but the mentality are for sure evaluating and evolving since the last, I can see that, two years, three years, five years, I personally can consider that. And, and on that note, if we were sitting having the same conversation five years from now, how different do you think things will be for women in the workplace? I think it's significantly different. Um, I think remote working will just be an integral part of, of what businesses do. I think flexible working will advance significantly just because we've got to. And companies have been forced, going back to the pandemic again, companies are forced to get into that space. And I think a lot of organisations have been surprised that it's worked. Um, it's obviously relied heavily on technology to support that change and some organisations were ready for it, other organisations weren't ready for it. Um, um, but remote working brings lots of advantages um, for women. Um, I think it comes down to personality. Um, I think if you want to progress in the workplace, you will do that, whether it's through remote working or whether it's going into the office. I think the good thing about remote working is the fact that it does offer flexibility. So while Sonia said earlier, it, it's very good if you're in a relationship and both people can take care of commitments at home, sometimes it doesn't necessarily work out like that. And sometimes it fall back, falls back to the, the the stereotype if you like of the woman picking up the reins and taking the children to school etc um but bringing in the personality bit again if you are disciplined if you want to get on then you will organize yourselves um, accordingly. Yeah. and compared to five years ago if i take six years ago i was working in a company as a freelancer and i had a woman as a as a as a boss and she discouraged me discouraged me to do some of my master in cybersecurity. So I was 45, I said, okay. She said, oh, it's, you're too old. Uh, it's not benefit of doing this. And I said, no way. I was discouraged by her, but she had a master. And I said, it's easy for her because she's having a master. I'm not having any master, but what I can see is that people achieving some studies over there or achieving some certifications can gain some positioning. I was refused already several times a, a, a freelance job because I had no university degree. And so I had only a bachelor and I said, no way. I want to get to a higher position. So 
what I need to do now is official university studies. And this is what I did. And so I did my master in cybersecurity, despite the fact that my boss, who was a woman, who was a positioning of director, uh, discouraged me totally of doing it. So there's also, um, I would say, the mentality of women also has changed in the last six years, and especially now. And in fact, with the COVID lockdown, people start to realize, yes, I can do it. Yes, I'm the actor of the change I want to happen. So they start, uh, men or women, but women also realizes the power they had and the possibility they had uh, to, 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 to evolve and to get better position and saying, why not me? And this it's is- brought a, a level yeah. playing, hasn't it really? Yeah, why not me? That's the point. But if you see that five years ago, I was discouraged of doing extra studies to get a better position in the company. And at the end, I did it. And I said, okay, uh, I want to, to, to have a managing position in IT when uh, I will be 50. And this happened exactly almost uh, on a week distance. So that's why I say it's really important. Believe in your dreams. So when you when you were told not to fulfill your dreams essentially how did that make you feel and what what drove you to actually you know what I'm gonna do it and I know and I believe that I can do it what triggered you to make that decision my personally it is um, I had to build the trust in myself in the capability I had so I knew I had the intellectual uh, capabilities to do it so I was always a good, I have a good memory. So I, I'm studying, I'm reading and I retain and I learn really quickly stuff. So for the amount of work it would represent, I was not uh, there for. Uh, the fact that I continue to pursue my dream is that I knew that what I had was not what I would be full um able to expand my capabilities i was missing something i could feel it inside so uh, i started to do studies uh, as a had in fact three or four different careers on my life and i, I was working first as a regular employee but uh, just no specific qualifications and i said no i don't want that so i started to qualify myself because the circumstances of life didn't make it happen for me at the age of 18 and at usual age so i had to get back and so i did a, a bachelor in a degree in computer science and programming and then i said yeah that's great then i had the opportunity to work in more it operations and then i said yeah i've got certificates but no matter the amount of certificates and what I have done and the experience I had, it was still blocking me. I couldn't reach that upper layer where I could feel I could add so much more value to the other people and to organizations. And that's that belief, I said, that's not my place where I am. I'm not feeling I'm, I have achieved what my personal goal was. You're so reaching I had, your full potential, essentially. Yes my full potential. I think I start to reach it. So is it the final story now? No, I don't think so. I think I have another bunch, but we have still about 
16 to 20 years to work. So why not changing again of a career in the next 10 years? I mean, not now, because I just joined three, uh, three years, uh, two years ago. I mean, officially internally recently, but uh, I believed in my uh, dreams and I believed I was not uh, realizing my full potential. Yes. And that makes me feel also, uh, I saw the struggle she was having uh, with having some certification and so on, but she was not respected for her knowledge and her effort because she was comfortable in a, I would say, a daily routine. And she was not, she was leading the innovation think tank. And she was not innovating at all. She was not going outside of comfort zone to find out innovation and think tank and go further. And I think for some women, it's there that have the wish to do it. They shouldn't be blocked because not everyone has the wish to do that. But I had the wish. They shouldn't be blocked. And if we discover people who has that wish or that energy inside of them, we should push them and encourage them especially if they're women and not discourage them as I was discouraged. So supporting other women in the, in the industry as well, it's really important. And I yes. guess I want to throw that question to you, Catherine. Have you faced any obstacles and challenges uh, to, in order to fulfill your career aspirations? Um, I think I've taken a slightly different approach to what Sonia was describing. Um, I did get qualifications quite young um, I came into the travel industry and by the very nature of the industry there's a lot of women and a lot of women in more junior roles you might say and at the time when I joined some 20 years ago there were certainly more men in senior positions I think that's changed now um, thankfully um, but it was a case of my although my qualifications were in travel and business so appropriate to the industry I'd come into it wasn't really necessary it was more about building up a relationship with people building a network building rapport and I think that for me has helped me on my career path I didn't necessarily I knew I wanted to succeed but when starting out as a career I couldn't actually say what I wanted to do and over the sort of 20 years that I've been in, in travel, I've, it was almost like moving to different companies, if you like, because I've been in so many different areas from um, retail to operations to project management to risk management to business continuity and now insecurity. And I think I've just been open minded and flexible and gone really where I saw an opportunity, but keeping true to myself that I always wanted to feel fulfilled but it was important to me that I was happy in my role I enjoyed the role I didn't necessarily put any pressure on myself to get to a certain point by a certain time um, I think there's an element of luck like I think everybody needs an element of luck um, but I think the fact that I was open-minded and willing mm -hmm. to change um it's definitely helped me yeah open-minded be stay open-minded yeah yeah that helps 
Because you get disappointed if you have a fixed plan and it doesn't work out. It could always have the obverse effect that, you know, you lose confidence and you haven't got a plan B. So you've got to have a sort of vision, absolutely. Um, Yeah, but if if a plan fails, for me, I see that as an opportunity to learn. And if a door door closes, then a, a windows a window opens so there's always another way to go uh, right and then yeah you adjust your goal Uh, I knew I wanted to have a leadership positioning in IT at the age of 50 but I had that only when I started my IT career not before so and and do you feel both of you you are supported in in achieving those career goals that you aspired for yourself I think I certainly do now. I think, um, and as we've said, you know, organisations have changed so much in the past 20, 20 plus years since I've uh, been working. And I think maybe back then there wasn't that support, uh, but organisations have quickly realised they've got to support and support women. Uh, and in an industry like travel, where there's so many uh, women there, they've got to create different paths. They've got to offer flexible working um so yeah I, I do feel supported now there's always mm-hmm. more to do of course but quite yeah there's more to do but I feel supported it's why also I, I joined TUI uh, I decided to become internal and not being freelance uh, anymore um also I feel a lot of support in the team where I'm have been landing because it's really really um, a wonderful team. It's really supportive, really uh, helpful, and really good leadership and, and support over there. And I felt a lot of support from my family when I decided to do the studying because doing a master while working, it needs a really good personal organization. It's not impossible, but during two and a half years, you are almost your life into brackets. Uh, so you don't accept any uh, outside or only really, certainly not at the period of exams, um, to do any uh, extra uh, social gathering. So you, you stay at home and you study, but it needs a really good organization. It's a teamwork, in fact. If you have a family and one of the members decide to go a career and to go that way, it's a teamwork. And if you are not having a family, I would say, then it's your friends. You can count, have good friends around you that can support you also in a private life. So support is coming either on the workplace, but also on the private life. If you're missing one of them, it's even more difficult. I think this is valuable for anyone, Uh, not only women, but this is generic principle of life and being balanced. (laughs) yeah I agree a hundred percent I think it's so so important now coming into my late 20s it's so important for me to be surrounded by people that are supportive and believe in myself because it's great to do things on your own and be independent and take things you know within your stride but having that support around you is so so crucial and it can get you so far in life um And I think 
So we've spoken about, you know, the of the the benefits of the pandemic and, um, you know, how supportive your your team are in TUI. I just wondered what new challenges for your peers presented themselves during this time. So your peers in other companies or in the industry, what what would you say uh, are the challenges, new challenges for them? I was thinking also uh, challenges for our, some of our colleagues, because Catherine is working already 20 years with Dewey, so she's knowing already a bunch of people because she met them. Uh, I had the chance before COVID to do a tour of all the IT facilities, almost all of them. Uh, so I had the opportunity to meet the people and build that relationship that is easier to do when you are face to face. Uh, the challenge that some of our recently joined colleagues is to establish that uh, relationship with people they never met. So it's difficult because the informal communication, the informal part of meetings when you're facing face to face is so, so, so important uh, in building up a, a trust relationship with people. Because if you're asked to work with some people, uh, with people in general, you need to build that trust, that dual relationship. And that's only working, not through a camera. Uh, and it's really difficult. Uh, I've got a friend who is freelancer. Uh, he's working for a company who one of the facilities is located in Berlin, Germany. So he has to go once a month, a part of his team is over there. He has to go to Berlin once a month. And he's so happy that he's able to build a relationship over there with the people and to work with them, gathering together physically there. Because he said when he started, travel was not allowed. So when he started, uh, he had not that opportunity to really build that relationship. And then whenever he was asking something, gone. And so I, I see that with several of my friends, uh, Others are happy for not being at the office anymore um, because then they don't have to deal with the HR part of the people crossing the door of his office and asking for help. So he, some are happy to be cut off that social pressure. Others are having facing difficulties uh, really to build up that trust relationship. And uh, it, it depends on the culture, the environment, and the, the company, I think, and the mentality of the company. I guess with, with the pandemic, um, pre-pandemic, women who were you know, in part-time roles or working from home because they had to take care of their kids, um, you know, people would say that they didn't have the same equal opportunities as men uh, for promotional opportunities. And I, I guess what my question is, throughout the pandemic, do you think that has now changed because we've all had to work from home? We've all experienced, uh, you know, what it's like for remote working and, you know, that we should hold value in the outcome of work, not the presence of work. What, what is your stance on that? Let's hope so. Hey, um, I mean, certainly to his position on all of this is very much work is something you do, not somewhere you go. And I, I love that phrase. And um, 
Yeah, let, let's hope that it's opened up as a, as a level playing field that, as you say, both men and women have experienced everything the same. There's not been the pressure to go into the office and juggling children at the same time, but there's been different pressures for, for families, you know, juggling homeschooling and, and things. Um, whilst we've said before, we think home working will continue and there will be a big change and that will be an integral part of the job. There's going to be some times when people will naturally need to go into the office. So mm-hmm. it's to be hoped that there isn't that pressure and still the expectation that, you know, you go in several times a week if you don't feel that you can manage that if your personal circumstances have changed. But I'd like to think that we could take gender out of this, nationality out of this, race out of this, and that people just get on due to their own merit. Uh, That's probably wishful thinking, but I think sometimes you, you can overthink these topics. And as we said before, just if you can be flexible, if you can be open-minded, and if you see an opportunity, don't be afraid to take that risk, go for it. And as Sonia said before, if you fail, and I've put fail in inverted comments, because no one really fails, it's just maybe not something right for you, you know, dust yourself off and try something else. Um, it doesn't matter. There's so many opportunities out there and different things that we can do nowadays that try something, if it's not for you, just, just try something else. I guess a big part of that as well is communication and we spoke about that before this call um, and I I wanted to touch on that because communication is one element to differentiate the way women and men in leadership positions show assertiveness right and I want to know what communication style have you found is most effective over the course of your career? For me it's transparency be as transparent as possible and keep the facts on, in mind. So analyze the situation, try to get rid of all feelings, just keep the facts, all feelings are around there, like uh, almost like uh, an automatic, automatic machine, just keep the facts and then see what message you want to convey with those facts. And then it's possible to just re crafted or dre- uh, you, like a gift. You 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 put the the the, the what do you call that in English? No one can argue with facts, can they? So yeah, you you go with facts, facts. but then it's possible to build a, a story on it, yeah, around it, and then depending on the person you are facing in front of you, it's why you have to adapt yourself. But I think this is, keep the facts first. Don't feel attack because most of the time, and I said all of the time, no, most of the time I have to say, honestly, it's not a personal attack. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a personal attack, uh, again, by the fact that I was a woman and I had another boss as a woman. And we were personally attacked by someone who wrote a letter or an email saying, oh, but you know, they're just only women. They do whatever they, they can, they are able to do and so on, which is really, whoa. Wow. So I said 99% is not on purpose a personal attack. It was a personal attack because a person wanted to cover his 
an ability to manage the stuff. And as it was a, a split task, he could man not manage his part, but he was relying the fault on us. We were women. And in the uh, assault over there, or the, the discrimination over there, he said that it was because we were not, we are just women and we cannot do more than what we are able to do. So that's, and we are having some hysteric crisis and so on. So yes, I had to face that also in the past, <laughs> but usually don't take it personal. It's not a personal, it's a different way of communicating. Men are fact-based, uh, women also, and it's just look at the rationale behind it. And some men hate details. You have to know that. So don't get lost and trapped in details. I guess it's a compromise, isn't it? You know, women are naturally more emotional and can get attached to certain situations and feel feel like a, it's a personal attack. But what you said is so it's so important. You know, transparent communication and just get rid of all the emotions and focus on the facts and I think that is something that is so important for many women aspiring in their careers uh, to reach those leadership roles and to keep that focus in mind. Um, I, I guess do you think that the women have to communicate in a different style to their male counterpart? Um, do you have any experience in that? I think it doesn't matter if, you, if you're male or female, I think however you communicate to somebody, you need to adapt yourself. I think mm -hmm. it's all about building a rapport with someone. So, you know, first few seconds, minutes of meeting someone, you need to find that common ground, um, you know, from discussing something like the weather or the, the topic that you wanted to discuss or family life, whatever it is. I think it's quick to develop that rapport and then from that depending on the circumstance you know if it's a colleague that you're trying to bring along build a long-term relationship with you could do that over time if it's someone that you're meeting for the first time and you're just going to have one meeting you obviously need to do it quickly and more simply um but I think it goes back to what we said trust before once you've got that rapport the common ground the trust will come we've got a saying at TUI that bring your personality to work. So you are encouraged to be yourself, yourself as you would be at home, as you would be in the workplace. Um, and that's what makes things interesting and different. There's no point um, pre-planning what you're going to say too much. And you've obviously got to be professional, um, but I think it's important that people see the real you. And I think you could quite clearly see if it's them or it's not. And once you've got that trust, then I think you, you can naturally develop your communication style to that mm -hmm. individual. Um, you know, know if it's appropriate to have a joke with them or, or not, or know if, if you just need to get down to business and discuss the, the topic of the day. Um, but it's nice if you've got more time to build up the relationship with people. Um, but as I say, I think there are certain indicators that you could you could pick up on uh, from a short meeting with people as well. Yeah, I agree fully with Catherine. Um, it's you build that communication and no matters, bring your own personality, be transparent, as I said, as much as possible, be yourself. Don't try to masquerade or to try to someone else. 
because that's not working and that will never work, no matter to whom you work with. Um, experience with men, deep communication, no. As I said, whenever you receive some criticism or some ask, don't take it personally. Try to analyze the facts also when you receive a communication, because it might be that the other person that communicates with you, it was a bad day for that person. It was not in good mood. He or she was not in good mood. It was not a good day. It was not that that person might have received also some remarks that were harmful. So try to have a Zen attitude about it. <laughs> uh, be as transparent. Tell the person if it has been hurtful to you, communicate in a non-violent way to the person saying, I was embarrassed or I felt guilty or I felt bad because the mail I received, I, I received it as an accusation or just a harassment. Mm -hmm. And here's why. And explain the person in a one-to-one, -one, not in a public place. If someone has hurt you, why? Uh, maybe the person doesn't realize, and I think doesn't realize that the her communication or his communication was not appropriate. And so ask always for feedback also about what you're communicating to the people. Uh, that way it will help you also to improve. I followed a workshop on non-violent uh, non communication and I didn't realize how harshful we can be sometimes. And I can be also sometimes uh, just like a dog uh, barking, uh, just a dog bah, 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 like that. I said, okay, quiet down, one step back, be transparent, be positive, keep the smile and think that for that person it was maybe a bad day. And this is, three is, providing an environment, and this is a great place to work for also, is providing that environment that you can have the time to learn, but also to evolve and develop yourself. And also the possibility to, to provide you with a safe environment to be able to experiment that kind of behavior. And that's, I think, what is unique also for, sorry, I just come back to the values of three, trust, unique, inspiring. And, but that just, I live it yeah. all the time. And I didn't find that uh, in other companies until now. So three is the first I found, I said, yeah, I want to stay. So not all companies are what are deemed unsupportive or you have to speak louder than your male counterpart, um, etc. So it's really, really good to hear. And I think the audience will find so much value in your advice. And I think bringing it to my final question for this podcast, what advice would you give to women aspiring to break through the glass ceiling? I know we touched upon being transparent and I guess maybe you could give me uh, an advice. Okay, what advice would you give to your younger self as you started in leadership? I think that would be a better question. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Work out. Don't worry, don't overplan, don't overthink. Um, just be yourself, look out for those opportunities. Don't be afraid to take a risk. Um, but yeah, don't, don't worry. <laughs> I would say trust in yourself and dare to dare. Dare to dare. 
Yes. I love that. I love that so much. Thank you so much, both of you, for your time and for joining us today. Um, be sure to check out our lineup of physical and digital events at cdmmedia.com. As always, you can listen to past episodes of our podcast wherever you stream your favourite podcast or on cdmmedia.com. Thank you so much for listening.